I invite you to pray with me this morning. Gracious and loving God, yours is the world and all that's in it. And over and over again throughout history, you give yourself away to us. We pray that we might do the same. That somehow, in some way, you might make us into your presence in the world. And it's through your Son, Jesus' name, we pray this morning. Amen. Well, again, I thank you for being part with us. If you've journeyed with us this far through this sermon series, you know that uh, what we're talking about right now is rhythm, or in fact, being out of rhythm, because that's really what COVID-19 has done for so many of us, is it's moved us out of our normal rhythms. We're still, I was just walking through in the office, and we normally keep attendance on records on the, um, thanks, Carol. <laughs> we normally keep attendance records on the, uh, in the office, and it has these little, uh, uh, like the where we're at. And anyway, basically, it's, I was looking, it's been like so many weeks since we've put in anything there of in-person worship, um, and we thank you for being with us. But what it's taught us is that our normal Sunday morning gathering has been disrupted. And many of us want to be able to come back together and want to be able to be in this place, but it's just not safe for us as a community and for the community around us. Because what we know is that gathering for in-person worship is on the top, like, tier of dangerous activities for transmitting COVID-19. And so we're here and doing this. And this is one of the rhythms that many of us who gather on Sunday mornings have that's been thrown out of sync. And not to mention those of us who have had to learn to do uh, work from home, those of us that have had to uh, learn to connect more on the phone or via email or Zoom and WebEx and all these crazy different technologies that we're doing. It's just not the normal way that we're doing things. And even as some things have been coming back into normalcy, I'm reminded as we drop our kids off to preschool and then Hudson, my oldest son, started summer fun down at Kailua District Park. And, you know, I have to remind him every day, not just to put his sunscreen on and, you know, make sure he has his backpack and his water, but do you have your mask? You know, as he heads out the door and puts his mask on. And he reminds me sometimes when I get out of the car, he's like, Dad, you forgot your mask. And it's just this time that it just doesn't feel the way we want it to. And rhythm of life is one of those things. I hope you've been able to develop some sense of rhythm during this time, some sense of ordinary or habit that helps provide a sense of meaning. We're creatures of habit after all. But here's the thing. Gathering here in this place on Sunday morning is not the primary way in which we live out our Christian faith. In fact, it's only a piece of the way that we live out our Christian life, and it always has been like that throughout the history of the church, that there's more to being a Christian than coming to worship. In fact, I could do a long study of Christian worship in corporate gatherings since the beginning of time, well, for Christians, that is, and you'd be fascinated to see how minimal of a place this holds. Think about it. It wasn't until Vatican II that the big transformation within the Roman Catholic Church from speaking Latin all the time to, or uh, speaking, not Vatican II, but anyway, speaking Latin all the time moved to English or to whatever the vernacular was. In the 1500s, uh, Martin Luther was saying, we need the language to be written of the Bible and for normal people to read it. But that didn't change the way that they worshiped together. 
I was listening to a, a pastor that's actually on CNN, a pastor that I read on a regular basis. His name is Andy Stanley, and he's out of Georgia in Atlanta. And he actually, his church started the Orange Ministry curriculum that we started to do and that was sent out to some of uh, our parents earlier this morning. But his church has postponed worship for the entire rest of the year, uh, in-person worship, that is. And they're only digital. And, and what he said is that being a Christian is not about gathering here on Sunday morning. Being a Christian is more about being the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Being a Christian is not about gathering here, but about being the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Sure, there's devotional practice that we have, and we've covered them like prayer, and we've covered it like fasting, and we've talked about feasting together and gathering around the table. And next week, we're going to talk about what gathering plays in the, the role of our faith, even though we're going to be unable to physically gather. But I think that Andy Stanley got it right. Being the hands and feet of Jesus is what this whole practice of coming on Sunday morning to give ourselves back to God is all about. And that's what Micah, the prophet, wanted to proclaim during his time. See, uh, during the history of Israel, uh, they started, you know, you've he probably heard of King David and then King Solomon, and they have all these other kings and lines. But somewhere along the line, the kingdom split into two, probably about 900 AD, mid-900 AD, and they split into two. And you had the kingdom of Israel in the north, and then you had the kingdom of Judah in the south. And so we're normally used to thinking of the kingdom of Judah as the Israelites because that's where Jerusalem is and Nazareth and Bethlehem and all those places. Kingdom to the north that was actually titled Israel was what became known later in the Gospels as like Samaria and some of those other places. Well, right around the time of Micah, probably right before Micah started beginning his ministry, the north was invaded by the Assyrians that came from the north. So the kingdom of Israel was taken over by the Assyrians, and the kingdom fell. And so there was only one remaining kingdom of the Jews, and that was the kingdom that we now think of, which is Jerusalem and Bethlehem and all those different things. And so Micah is looking at that that has just happened, recent memory, and it, it was a devastation. But one of the things that Judah in the south became to identify is that, well, that happened to the north because they were not following God's commandments. They were not being faithful to God. And so that's what happened in this sort of retributive justice time. And so Micah's looking around his own people and looking at what they're doing, and he's saying to himself, something is being a little bit reflective of what's happening, what happened to the kingdom of the north. And see, Micah was probably a farmer from a, a small town on the outskirts of Judah, and he's looking in on what's happening in the cities. And, you know, before in the narrative uh, of Micah, you'll know a little bit more about that. And he's looking at what was happening at the cities, and it wasn't just like the things they were doing, you know, like uh, I came from a small town, so we looked at cities with a little bit of a skeptical eye, you know, because those liberal urbanites, you know, and the things that they do. But it wasn't necessarily the things that they were doing that he was bothered by. He was bothered by the injustices that was being revealed in the city. And you can hear it in his prophecy. He was being bothered that it was the clerics and the rabbis and the Pharisees. Well, not they hadn't had Pharisees at that time, but you get the point. But those people were the people in power and the people that were trying to, you know, offer all of these gifts to God and show them how great that they were. And they were doing those things at the expense of the poor. 
And, and it's a, a revelation that over and over again, the prophecies of the Old Testament aren't necessarily always talking about the future things. But over and over again, the prophets are the voice from the outside correcting the inside. Over and over again, the voice of the prophets are the voice from the outside correcting the inside. And Micah here is correcting the behavior of the city of Israel, that it's not about that gathering with the rams and the oil and all the things that they used to do that made it so spectacular, that doing what God commands is doing justice, walking humbly, and loving kindness. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your Lord. That is what the Lord commands. And I know sometimes when we hear words like justice and we hear words like, you know, dismantling racism or, you know, caring for the poor and the oppressed, sometimes we like to politicize this. But I'm sorry to say this, but if you read the Bible from beginning and end, over and over again, God sides with the poor and the marginalized and the oppressed. And when we talk about God's commandments, Micah here is as direct as can be that God commands us to do justice. Not just to be just ourselves, but to do justice. And I, I think that these verbs that Micah used are really important because sometimes I think some, we can get in this sort of insular look. I need to be just myself and act justly myself. I need to be kind myself. I need to be humble. But Micah pushes us even further than that. Micah pushes us to say, no, it's not just enough to be just, because, you know, the religious leaders think that they're just. But look what they're doing. You've got to do and enact justice. It's not just enough to be kind or think you're kind. You've got to love kindness and seek it out and be a part of being kind in the world. It's not just enough to think that you're humble, but everything you do, your walk, your journey following Christ is to be humble in the world, to walk with a sense of humility that others might know something more than yourself, that others might have something to say that we might need to listen to. And as I, I didn't really realize when we were planning this sermon series how, how true some of these times would be, but as I was reflecting on Micah chapter 6, I was just thinking about how important of a message this is for us right now in the history of the world and especially the history of our nation. It's so tempting to get caught up into political divisiveness over whether or not you should wear a mask or not wear a mask or whether or not you should be opening for tourism or not opening for tourism or all these different areas that we try to pit ourselves against each other. When Micah reminds us to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God, do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with our God. And it's not just in the midst of COVID-19 that we're seeing this. 
but we're also seeing the rise of protests throughout our nation. We saw them last month, and, and even still we see that within Portland and the, federal, the feds coming in and trying to squelch out the protests that are happening there in that community as well. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with the Lord. This is what you are called to as a Christian. And I get it. My life is busy just like yours. And as I was preparing this message for us, I started thinking to myself, you hypocrite, right? What do you do? This is me. What do I do to do justice? What do I do to love kindness? What do I do to walk humbly? And that's a sobering question, I think. You know, one of the things that I, I wanted to do is I wanted to participate in that book study. I want our church community to participate in the book study on white fragility as a primarily white congregation. We wanted to do that so that we can open up a conversation about race and racial dynamics and racial injustices. And I was thankful we had a group of uh, ladies that all joined us. So men out there, you're welcome to be a part of this. But a group of ladies that were with us, and, and they were just talking about their experience of, of learning about not just racism and, you know, saying bad words, but learning about systems that are at play. And that doing justice isn't just doing something differently yourself. Doing justice is looking at those systems, naming those systems, and engaging with them in ways that change them. I mean, who, I, I can't even think of a more vivid depiction of what that looks like than uh, the man who will come down in a legacy, John Lewis, throughout the history of his life, who just passed away over this past weekend. And all the, memor uh, all the uh, people that are posting on Facebook uh, of all the memories of him, and he was there as, you know, a young guy walking with others like Martin Luther King Jr. and all the other civil rights activists. And this is a man deeply grounded in his faith. He was a Baptist preacher, ordained Baptist preacher. So I invite you this week, if you want to know what justice looks like and how you might be able to walk in that, maybe read a little bit more about what John Lewis did throughout his life. I know I certainly will. So I hear you if you say to yourself, well, I don't know what I can do. I'm at home. It's COVID-19. I got kids. I got all these things to worry about. I hear that, and I'm with you. But Micah's words ring true either way, and the sting of the Holy Spirit convicting me is there whether I like it or not. That's the thing about God, that sometimes God pushes us into places of discomfort and challenge so that the kingdom of God might be more vivid than it was yesterday. And so I can't tell you what you need to do. I got ideas. I just want the words of Micah to be the words for you today and for us as a community. How are you going to do justice? How are you going to love kindness? How are you going to walk humbly with your God? Those are some take-a-step-back questions. And there's a huge bite for us to chew on. 
but Christians throughout the millennia. Our call as disciples is to go, therefore, and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And just like last week when the, uh, John the Baptist was losing hope because he was in prison and he was expecting Jesus to come in glory and to overthrow the Roman Empire and all those structures of power that we're talking about with justice that be, Jesus reminds John the Baptist that the oppressed are being freed, that the blind are seen. Jesus reminds John the Baptist that the ministry is happening here and now and available to us. And when, before he leaves this earth, he sends the disciples. So if you're feeling like you want to be back in this place, I'm with you and I hear you, read my email, I totally empathize with you. And at the same time, I don't believe that God's intending these things to happen in the world. That's another conversation down the road about God's will. But what I do believe is God uses these times and moments for the purpose of drawing us closer into the image of Christ. And that image of Christ is one that goes out into the world and be and is the hope and the love and the justice in the world. Just like Andy Stanley at the beginning, right? He said that what we need to do is care for our community right now more than we need to gather and do something that's dangerous for the community. What are you going to do to go and be justice, love kindness? You know, one of the things that when we talk about what we're going to do uh, for the drive-in worship is we also, I know one of the things that we've been doing is we've been trying to do those beach cleans up, cleanups. And we might not be able to gather together, but we can, you can certainly be a part of doing justice by caring for the earth by just going to the beach and picking up some plastic that's there. I mean, shoot, that's, that's a fun thing to do. I like to do that. But there's more that you can do. If, you're, if this, all this racial, racial reconciliation and injustice stuff is all just kind of jargon to you that makes no sense because you think in Hawaii we don't experience that, come, be a part of our book study on Tuesdays at 11 and read with us and bring that opinion. We'll happily have that opinion. There's a lot of people in our community that are doing justice and seek and loving kindness and walking humbly. Go be a part of what they're doing and listen to them and hear about it. Just our neighbors down that used to be Hikaalani that managed the Heiau are doing some awesome stuff and you can learn about our community and the ways in which there's leaders in the community helping move us to a better place. You could do some research on the gazillions of people that are waving <laughs> on the roads nowadays that are running for the House of Representatives and different things for the state, and you could learn a little bit more about what they're doing and the policies that are. That way, when the poll ballots come to your house, you might know what to do and might be part of justice. You can pray over those candidates and learn about their stories instead of, you know, just check, check, check. Oh, that name is familiar. I've been there. No judgment. <laughs> I don't know what exactly to do, but I feel called, right? We've been spending some time and energy on this place, and it looks beautiful. But what we're about as a faith body is not just about the gathering. It's about the going as well. 
And so during this time when we're still not able to gather in person, it's about the going. So email, tell us ideas. That movie night that we do, the drive-in movie night, it's raised $1,600 towards nonprofits every time we do it. And that's awesome. We support Family Promise and the IHS. That's something that you can do. And you can encourage people to donate for that. So as uh, Tim makes his way up um, and the praise band make their way up to the front here, because remember we're live, I want you to just sit with Micah's words. What does the Lord command? But to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with the Lord. Celebratory events at the church are fun and enriching. Gathering and fellowshipping with friends and singing hymns that are familiar are awesome, and they're ways that we connect to God. But this morning, the rhythm that we're inviting you to enact in your life is one foundational for us as, faith, as followers of Christ, to follow Christ and to go. So go with me. Let the Holy Spirit convict you in ways that will inspire you to do justice. Be part of the conversations that we're having. Encourage us as a community to do good in the world. And together, let's keep caring for our community by being safe and wearing your mask and not gathering in large groups. We know this will help. I invite you to pray with me. Loving God, you give yourself to us. Gathered with your disciples on your last night, you told them, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. Make us into your presence in the world that we might go and do justice. Might look for kindness out there and love it and celebrate it and walk humbly. Teach us ways that we can do that in our lives this week. food we eat, to the words we use. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.